And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Good to be on the radio today. The NFL franchise tag window opens... And that's always good as we kick off the offseason for the Silver and Black. Brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town, the best. 5 to 7, midnight to 2, where you watch the Golden Knights. If you're into gaming, great food, unbelievable wings. I like to go there, get my wing game on. Wherever you're watching sports, head on out to PTs as they fuel the monologue. And I hope everybody's doing good after President's Day. And off the weekend, it was a big weekend in sports, the NBA All-Star Game. Jawan Howard, I'm going to get into that today because that's been a big topic. I did shows on Sunday and Monday night. This is my first show of the week, but I've done two already on SiriusXN. So I'm all, I'm all coached up when it comes to Jawan Howard and what's happening there. And then the Daytona 500, which I love. We have NASCAR coming to Vegas, which we always like to be a part of. In you know, interviewing some drivers and getting some tickets going for that, hopefully if you're going out there. But it's the NFL offseason, and what we want to do is shorten the offseason and make it as short as possible. That's my goal with a little time off and everybody else around here. Tomorrow I'll be at the Raider Foundation golf event at Wynn Golf Course at the beautiful Wynn property where there are some monster Raider alumni in town. I'm proud to help with the Raider Foundation as Mark Davis, the foundation. This is the foundation of the team. They do a lot in this community. When Mark Davis came here with the team, when it was approved to come to Vegas, he told you they would be a part of the community, and the Raider Foundation leads the way with inside the organization. A lot of checks being written, a lot of people being helped out because of the Raider Foundation. So I'll be out there tomorrow. So we got a quick show today for the next couple of hours. Here's what I want to get into today with the franchise tag. And there's two big topics with that. Aaron Rodgers got cryptic last night. This guy's amazing. I mean, he's incredible. And we're going to talk about this because most men don't do this when it comes to their breakups. They don't. Most men that I know, and I was a president of a fraternity, and I got a lot of friends if you know me. None of my friends, when they break up with a fiancé or break up with a girlfriend or even get divorced, They don't go on Instagram and tell everyone and that woman that they love them still and get all cryptic. And then on top of that, start posting pictures about when he wasn't there in Kansas City and if he'll be back and thanking everybody. I mean, I only got an hour to talk about it last night, but it was big. So Aaron Rodgers is the biggest topic of the offseason for the entire NFL. He won the MVP back-to-back years. He's got four total. It's a huge topic. I think it's one of the biggest topics on Raider Nation Radio, period. And it's not a Raider topic, per se, with the team. I mean, is there a chance he could come to the Raiders? We covered that last year. A tiny chance, a small chance, but enough to keep the conversation going if people are going to have trade rumors and all that. But I believe, like most of you, that Derek Carr will be here. Derek Carr deserves to be here. And Derek Carr will be extended. So that's what most of us think. But Aaron Rodgers is the elephant in the AFC West if he goes to Denver. So that's a big topic there. He was just on the Pat McAfee show. We don't have that sound yet on Sirius XM. I'll have it later on tonight. But he pretty much made it clear that he's not making a decision 
anytime soon here. He's not going to make a decision in the short term, and nor should he. Nor should he. He just said on the Pat McAfee show that his meetings with the front office in Green Bay were, quote, much different than they've been in the past in a positive way. Honest conversation, I appreciate it. So I don't know what that means and what it means to Aaron Rodgers, but I, but I can tell you what I'm sensing here is his ego is so out of control with social media that he has to feed it every day or every few days. He's going through a stage in his life that a lot of people go through, the yoga cleanse. He had another one, 12 days. He did another cleanse of 12 days, which is good for him. I don't know what he's clearing out. I don't know what he does. Tom Brady seems to be cleansing his entire life. He doesn't take a day off. Aaron Rodgers probably throws back a couple of scotches and has some fun during the season, then he cleanses it all. But very bizarre what he put out on Instagram last night, which fuels talk radio. Everybody wants to talk about that because he's the MVP. He's the best player in the league, even though he did not win a playoff game last year. They got beat coming off their bye week. He got to the playoffs. They had the one seed, and they failed miserably. Failed miserably, and he didn't win a playoff game. Raiders got to the playoffs, too. They didn't win a playoff game. So getting to the playoffs is important, but you got to win a game. And Aaron Rodgers is trying to figure out what he's going to do. And then you have this franchise tag, and the window opened today. And the biggest name by far, and that's some good names, but Devontae Adams is the best player and the best player available to be franchise tagged. But he's tied directly to Aaron Rodgers. He's also tied to Derek Carr because they played college football together and they're really good friends. So for Raider fans, this is going to be a topic that we're going to talk about literally every day. Is Devontae Adams available? And when he's not available, if, if he's traded, if he ends up being franchise tagged and he's traded, if he ends up, you know, he's as a free agent and he's not tagged and he signs a long-term deal with Green Bay for enormous money, that'll take him out of the equation. Or if he's not tagged and he's, fr- uh, he's a franchise player here that you can go out in free agency, we'll have to debate if that's going to be worth it for the Raiders. I would think every Raider fan would want to get Devontae Adams because it's not your money. It's not your money. It's not my money. Just go get him. We went through this with Antonio Brown. I was on the radio for that up in Napa. Everybody loved the move. Most people did. He was a nutcase. But at the time, he was the best available wide receiver, a game changer, comparable to Jerry Rice with the same numbers at the same age, a brilliant receiver. He just got mentally imbalanced and cratered out of control at Napa training camp And, you know, the rest is history. Devontae Adams is not Antonio Brown. He's much more stable, great kid, great player, and he could be available. And where he would want to go, a lot of people would assume, would be with Derek Carr right here in Las Vegas. For the tax break, no state taxes, the money that he would make, and a 10-win team. If you're going to leave Green Bay, you want to go to a good team. You don't want to go to Jacksonville. You don't want to go to Detroit. And they're not going to give you an offer there. But if you have a chance to go to Las Vegas, it's a big theme of what I talk about every day. I was led to believe that that's why we have a franchise here in Vegas, to recruit. Brand new stadium, home of Metallica and Billy Joel Friday, Saturday night. Thank you, Mark Davis. And then the ability for players to come here, play on a really good team with a proud history of championships, playing in the biggest games with all these Hall of Famers. Yes, Cliff Branch just added to that list. And a guy like Devontae Adams would look and say, wow, one of my best friends, Derek Carr, is the quarterback. It feels like a good fit. 
but the Raiders would have to pay an enormous amount of money to get him, if available. An enormous amount in a trade or in free agency, which the Raiders are okay under the cap, but that could change everything. And an extension with Derek Carr and the signing of Devontae Adams, that's a Herculean event that would have to take place. But it could happen, and I hope it happens. It would be great if it happened. The Raiders would go and have, I think, the number one receiving core in all of football because Darren Waller's a receiver. And Hunter Renfro had 100-plus receptions, 100 receptions. So you'd add Devontae Adams to Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. That'd be damn good with Josh Jacobs coming back, presumably, and hopefully the offensive line being upgraded. So that's a big topic today. So if you got anything you want to add on Devontae Adams and how you believe he can end up a Raider, that's a great phone topic. That's something that I really want to hear from, from you fans, because Raider fans are really sharp. You know the history of the league. You understand what can happen and what can't happen. I think you're pretty realistic. And if you want to make this deal happen, let it be known. NFL.com today reporting on this. Judy Batista writes, he, they put Devontae Adams as the number one player available in the franchise tag market. He's the top free agent at any position this year. He's coming off a career high, 1,553 receiving yards. Since 2018, he's led the NFL in receptions with 432, receiving yards with 5,310, and receiving touchdowns, 47. That sounds like the triple crown until Cooper Cup just got it last season. Judy Batista writes, so much about how the Packers approach everything this offseason hinges on Aaron Rodgers. If the quarterback decides he wants to return to the Packers, the team is likely to do whatever it can to keep Adams. If Rodgers wants out, the Packers will either want to keep Adams to help Jordan Love or get maximum return for Adams by tagging him and then trading him. Either way, Adams appears to be the prime target for the tag because even if the two sides are far apart on a long-term deal, the one thing that can't happen is the Packers letting Adams hit free agency or losing him for little compensation. So that's really important. Judy Batista is well in the know, and she just summed it up beautifully. If the Raiders want to get him, it's because Aaron Rodgers is walking and Devontae Adams is not going to stick around Green Bay. He's going to be really upset if he's got to stay there with Jordan Love. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's a disaster potentially. For him, his career will go completely backwards, completely backwards if that happens. So I think the Raiders are in play, more so than any team because of the recruiting capability of Josh McDaniels as the play caller and Derek Carr as the quarterback and Las Vegas having no state taxes. When you do a deal like that, it's a big deal. The difference in millions of dollars potentially in state taxes and lifestyle in Vegas. So that's my lead topic, both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams as we open up the show. If you want to get in on that, 702-365-9200. And then all the other players that can be tagged along the way, J.C. Jackson of New England, the cornerback. It's 25 interceptions since 2018 lead the NFL. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two, gets two for the entire season. I'm not talking eight or seven. I'm talking two, right? So uh, that would be an interesting play because J.C. Jackson from New England 
and New England just came west all the way to Las Vegas. You better believe we're keeping an eye on that one. And what's it, what could happen here? The tag for Jackson would cost $17.295 million, but losing him would be a significant ding on the Patriots' defense. One of the other things I think we all have to agree with is if the Patriots came west with Ziegler and McDaniels, you would hope that some Patriots would come west. And I'm not talking just coaches and front office guys, but some players. So I think that's worth getting in the monologue here. And the big topic for you today as we talk about this is how aggressive would you like to see the Raiders be in all of this? Because I can't talk to you about the draft. There's nothing to add on the draft. I have nothing, nor does anybody else. They're all pretending if they do. We don't know who's going to be available as the Raiders pick in the 20s. We don't know if they're trading up or trading back. We have nothing, zero, maybe less than zero. We can all just guess. I don't like doing guessing radio. It's lame. I like to look at some of the big topics and really squeeze the big topic, and that would be Devontae Adams potentially coming here. And Aaron Rodgers going to Denver and what that would do. You know, I got into a little Twitter back and forth on this topic today because I was listening to a radio show earlier today and the same bogus crap is being said about Denver. Denver has this quote-unquote best roster in football without a quarterback. No, they don't. They don't. But people who don't follow the AFC West could say that and try to get away with it. Denver has a good roster. They have good players on both sides of the ball. It isn't elite. I think the Charger roster is better than the Denver roster. But everybody thinks if Aaron Rodgers goes there, they could win the Super Bowl. It'd be an interesting conversation. Odds would shoot right up. We'll talk about that with Jeff Sherman coming up here at 1245. But if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, it's going to be a pain in the ass for the Raiders because those are two games that Aaron Rodgers can go 2-0. Raiders got Vic Fangio fired. And I heard this from within the Denver organization. Denver fired Vic Fangio, I believe, because of the Raiders. He got swept by the Raiders two years in a row. If you don't think Denver's going all in on Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what you're listening to or looking at, they're going to go all in. And Aaron Rodgers is acting very cryptic, very bizarre right now, which means everybody thinks it could be possible. So I'm excited. I think that's going to keep the offseason going. I think the Raider offseason, I was ranking what are some of the biggest topics for the offseason for the Raiders. What do you believe it is? Number one, Number one is the big one, the coaching hire. That's, that should be the biggest topic. You know, a Derek Carr contract extension, you would put above that. I would put Josh McDaniels here because Josh McDaniels is the head coach, and he's the face of the organization. So you probably put that at number one. Then you would put Derek Carr in a contract extension if that happens, number two. Maybe you would move up Devontae Adams signing with the Raiders as a free agent or being traded to number one or two. So there's some potential for some big storylines here. And then the Raiders draft would fall somewhere in the top five, which we have no idea what they're going to do. Trade up, trade down, get conservative, get really aggressive, trade the pick. Uh, That would be something we would hit on. So there's a lot happening, and we ask Raider fans to have a voice throughout the entire offseason on this topic or we just have a podcast, we don't have radio shows. We want to hear from Raider fans on how aggressive you want to go in on all this. Uh, This is, you know, just finished 23 years with the Raiders on radio and TV. I would like to see the Raiders get super aggressive. Now, does that have something to do with the Rams in Tampa Bay the last two years? Yeah, it does. 
But that doesn't mean that the Raiders need to do that because the Raider Foundation now and the coach and the GM come from New England, where New England got very aggressive this past offseason. Belichick did a really nice job in free agency. They were much more active than they normally are. And Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniel were in all those meetings. So maybe they come out of New England and what they just went through, last year's draft, the combine, free agency, and it worked well with New England as they made it to the playoffs. Maybe they say, hey, man, we, we want to bring that to Vegas. We want to be much more aggressive than they've been here in the past. We don't know. But I'd like to see it because it worked. And it worked with the Rams, and I think the Raiders are just as sharp as the Rams. And it worked really well with Tampa Bay the year before because Tampa Bay got Tom Brady. Nothing worked in Tampa Bay if they didn't get Tom Brady. Who cares about everybody else? If they didn't get Tom Brady, we're not talking about Tampa. And the Rams did a pretty bold move by getting Matthew Stafford, which took a lot of guts to go do that because they got rid of a quarterback in Jared Goff who won playoff games and went to the Super Bowl. So they were very aggressive there too, and I'm I'm assuming those teams are going to stay very aggressive. And then the other big story of the offseason is Deshaun Watson. What will happen with Deshaun Watson as he's about to be deposed in nine of the civil cases and not one of the other, the other cases which are mounting there, the sexual assault felony cases that are there. And if Deshaun Watson becomes available, that, he's a superstar. I think he's an absolute superstar, and he can change a team. He could do what, what happened with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow took a four-win team the year before was two wins. That's why he went there at number one. He took him to the Super Bowl. Well, Deshaun Watson, if he goes to a team, could be Carolina. And there's rumors about Kirk Cousins going to Carolina. Whatever it is, he can go to New Orleans. He can go anywhere and take a team that missed the playoffs and take him right to the Super Bowl. And that could happen there, too. So there's a lot to get to here. Also, here in the monologue as we open it up, I want to get into what happened with Juwan Howard. Because I haven't talked to you since our last show on Friday, and Juwan Howard on Sunday in that handshake line uh, got into an altercation, and it's the biggest story in sports. It's all over cable news, Good Morning America. It's everywhere, and he ended up getting a five-game suspension for throwing a punch. That really wasn't a punch, but the intent was a punch, and it was a really ugly incident. And it had a lot to do with sportsmanship, which is a topic that I like a lot of. I like talking a lot about sportsmanship. And I think when you see a handshake after a football game, after a football game, that could be really violent because football players tackle and hit and there's cheap shots and guys go after each other's knees and there's late hits. And every time I go to a football game, how many, when was the last time you went to a football game and saw at the pro level a bunch of guys fighting afterwards when they go to the handshake? They usually get on a knee and give a prayer and do that. But it happened in college basketball, and it really changed my mindset on how many people just wanted to throw away the handshake line. Dick Vitale led that story. Dick Vitale is one of the biggest names in college basketball history. He said you got to get rid of the handshake line. And I thought that was just another example of cancel culture, which is a big topic that I don't do a lot of because I like to stick to sports. And there's not a lot of cancel culture in sports. But there were enough big names the last couple of days that were thinking about getting rid of the handshake line which I thought was utter insanity on that. We have a guest coming up a little bit later, John Crispin, who played at UCLA and Penn State, a really good college basketball analyst, and we'll talk to him about that. So I have for you a Raider Foundation event tomorrow. Thrilled to be back here today. 
Thrilled to be a part of the Raider offseason here on Raider Nation Radio. Looking forward to hearing from you at 702-365-9200. And what I want to start off with the first hour on this show is how aggressive do you want to get with Devontae Adams? Balls out. I'm talking balls out. We talk about balls on radio, sports. How crazy do you want this to be? Do you want me to get everybody going with Devontae Adams? Or are you you going to tell me, no, that's too far-fetched. That's too crazy. You know, you go to a Marvel movie, everything's pretty far-fetched, isn't it? In a Marvel movie, Spider-Man, whatever it is, you go to the movie and you're like, oh, my God, I'm blown away. I can't believe that. That's pretty far-fetched. Well, that's Devontae Adams. But there's a chance that he's going to leave Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers is getting real loose. He's doing it again. He did it last offseason, and last night he dropped a cryptic bomb, a cryptic bomb on Instagram. And everyone around the NFL is saying today, whoa, what is this all about? Is he available again? And they're all worked up in Denver. I can tell you that much because Denver wants this deal, and they want this deal badly. And for the Raiders to have to go through Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers, that sounds like a bad joke. I mean, that'd be really tough when you have to look at the six games that you have in the division on top of the Raiders' schedule this upcoming year, which is really brutal. It's hard. It's a tough schedule. We don't have the dates yet, but we know who they play. There's like one or two gimmies, I think, and the rest of it is a pick game. And many of the games, the Raiders are going to be the underdog in the game, including games at home. So very important offseason. Want to hear from everybody on this. And get excited about this because the franchise tag season begins today. And we are an NFL flagship. And we got to be there or we got to pretend we give a crap about this. Because this is what needs to happen in this city. Every nugget of information has to be elevated because we're a football flagship of an NFL team. Okay, this isn't low-hanging fruit. This is Devontae Adams who might want to be a Raider. And has Derek Carr right where he needs to be. And Derek Carr loves the guy. But it will cost a king's ransom, as they use that term, to go get him. Do you want to figure out a way to do it? Or do you want to sit back and let, which we're all going to do anyway. We're just doing radio. We we trust Dave Ziegler and obviously Josh McDaniels to figure it out. And if they want their first splash to be Devontae Adams, that would be great. If they don't want their splash to be Devontae Adams because they can't get him and it's way too expensive and they don't want to blow up the cap and do something that aggressive, that's good too. Because their foundation coming here will be the foundation for years to come, and we got to get behind that. 702-365-9200, at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. I have a lot of uh, interesting commentary on Facebook about the Juwan Howard situation. I mean, can you imagine that happening with Kevin Kruger and UNLV here? I can't. I don't see that happening. What had happened with the big program at Michigan. A couple of good guests will join us. Brad Spielberger. He's a pro football focus, salary cap expert. On He wrote a great column on potential trades we'll talk about. And Jeff Sherman from the Westgate. I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead. Um, and then for have a timeout, 
um, to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go. Um, you know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys. And so that's, that's what happened. JT back with you as we continue. And we got a lot happening today. A lot happening today on NFL free agency via the tag. The tag is not what we were expected to see for every player in this league. But when a player gets when a player gets tagged, it could change everything. And we're talking about Devontae Adams and what's going to happen there. Also, Jeff Sherman. Is going to join us here in about 15 minutes if you want to get through before that, 702-365-9200. And I got a lot to say on what's happening with – and I'm thrilled about the fact that there was some good, good conversation, really good conversation that's happening with Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard did something that I thought was just awful, but I didn't think he deserved to get fired. And that was an issue the last couple of nights on my show of what are they going to do. What are they going to do with him in regards to keeping his job or firing him? Because if you end up firing someone like that at that level, it ruins their career. Absolutely ruins their career. And I was wondering if that was going to happen because a lot of people talked about it. A lot of people were pretty pumped up about running him out of Michigan. And I thought that was crazy. John Crispin, kind enough to join us. Great analyst, fantastic analyst who covers the Big Ten on Big Ten Radio, also played at Penn State and UCLA. And, John, appreciate you coming in here. I got to know, do you think they got it right? you think the Big Ten was swift enough to come down with that proper suspension? I mean, the the honest answer is probably not. Um, I think it's a reasonable suspension, but I also think it's, I'll say this is going to sound political, but like it's perceivably lenient. You know, when given the, the circumstances and the severity of the action, for a lot of guys out there, that's a fireable offense. Like, there's no question. Like, I have a tough time believing if Greg Gard punched somebody, he'd still be around. Um, the reality is there has been some lenience with, uh, leniency, I should say, with Juwan Howard. Given the fact, look, last year he got into a really bad altercation with Mark Turgeon. I mean, he's on camera. He's he's going to kill him. It, it it was a pretty, it was violent without the physical violence. And then this happens uh, where you cross a line and you start to say, all right, at what point do you understand the 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 realities of your responsibility? I think that's been the biggest challenge. Now, for someone like me who calls their games, who spends time with these people as 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 human beings, I can tell you, I I like Jawan Howard. I really like Jawan Howard. I like him as a man. I like him as a coach. But when it comes down to stuff like this, where, where you can't really understand the responsibility that you have for a higher learning institution, for, for young men who need example first and foremost, uh, and they're all trying to get to where you're at. I just think it, it's there's something missing there, and, and I hope this maybe is the impetus for some sort of you know, movement forward for Jawan Howard because the action is beyond inexcusable. Yeah, you nailed it there. This is it for him. This is his second strike. He can't yeah. do anything again. And when I look at this, him being a leader of a program, an NBA assistant head coach, uh, a guy who I thought was on the fast track to becoming an NBA coach, this yep. could probably haunt him down the road or slow down that process again. But maybe he wants to stay at Michigan 
for years to come. John, well, the other follow-up I want to ask you is about the debate that people talked about on Monday and still talking about the fact that they should cancel the handshake line. I think that's insanity. <laughs> and it was led by Dick Vitale, Dickie V, who we're all praying for, and, and, and it's healthy during his fight. He was the guy, the biggest name to say that. And I just think that's an easy way out, and that's kind of yep. like a cancel culture to, yep, <laughs> to teaching exactly. sportsmanship. No way. Yep, exactly. I mean, look, is it not so typical of, of us today as humans? Like, we're, we're the most we're the most offensive, offended society in the history of the world, right? Like, we offend mm-hmm. people left and right, yet we find ourselves, you know, uh, to be offended by the most uh, lame things of all. Like, well, look, you know, if we're going to have a problem with handshake lines, we should just do away with the handshake line. That'll solve the problem. No, how about you grow up? How about you recognize that the game is bigger than you are? How about you recognize the fact that the competition's over? Go shake somebody's hand and move on. You know, ultimately, the, the game's over. I mean, we, we are so, honestly, we are so caught up in ourselves that we can't fix our real problems, right? We want to fix everything on the surface and say, all right, well, if we can't manage ourselves in a handshake line, let's do away with it. How about you learn how to manage your emotions? Because that's a great life lesson. You're going to need that going forward. Instead, we want to cancel everything that is a challenge for us, that actually tests us as grown-ups. And I think it's the lamest thing. I get why people are doing it for, uh, for some reasons, right? If you make the argument that a handshake line is totally meaningless, I have a tough time disagreeing with you in the sense that I'd say, you're, you're right. Look, if guys want to go shake hands, go shake hands. I, if that's your argument, that it's not that big of a deal, I get it. It's just a simple act. But the reality is it's part of competition. Because mm-hmm. our job as athletes, our job as educators, our job as coaches, and, and, and frankly, me as an analyst, our job is to remind you that it's not that important. The game is not that important. Like, the people on Twitter will try to convince you otherwise. They, they think that, that we want everybody to win or we want Michigan to win and Iowa to lose or vice versa. They think that we think this matters so much. The reality is it's just freaking sports. This is not the most important thing in the world. And if you can't manage your emotions in a game, how are you going to function in life? And that's where I just get so tired of these arguments that let's just do away with it because we can't manage our emotions. No, how about we grow up, learn how to manage emotions, because ultimately if we can't manage our emotions in a basketball game, how in the world are we supposed to do it in life? Tremendous analysis by John Crispin. John Crispin, ESPN, Sirius XM, Big Ten radio host also. So then the other offshoot of this topic is unwritten rules. And we, I mentioned it in baseball. If you, if you steal Possible. second base in the eighth inning up 10 runs, you're going to get drilled in the ribs, and you should. Yep. That, that's an unwritten yep. rule, and it's not going yep. away from Bob Gibson for 100 years from now. But when I look at basketball calling a timeout, you played at the highest level of college basketball. What is that like? When, if you're winning, you're up by 10 or 15. The coach clears out the bench. I would do that on senior night or to get yeah. my nephew in the game, but I wouldn't do it to inflame Jawan Howard and one of your biggest rivals that you're going to see. I just don't like that. How'd you see the timeout? What was your opinion? Well, I think we, we gloss over the fact that one team is continuing to press a bunch of walk-ons mm-hmm. uh, and reserves that never get to play, and ultimately the reserves are getting embarrassed. The opportunity they have to play in front of their fans and they're getting embarrassed because they can't get the ball in bounds and they can't get it up half court. Now, Greg Gard called a timeout to at least get 10 more seconds in the backcourt to be able to get the ball up. Uh, and ultimately, part of this is cat and mouse. If you're going to mm-hmm. keep pressing, I'm going to keep playing. Frankly, if I was Greg Gard, here's what I would have done. And people would probably hate me for it. I'd put my starters back in the freaking game. 
if you want to press me, if you want to keep playing and, and you, you expect me to take my foot off the gas, then I'll put my starters back in the game and we can keep scoring. Now, if you want to lay off and you want this game over with, then lay off and I'll put my subs in the game and we can pass the ball around for 20 seconds and call it a night. But the reality is we talk about all these unwritten rules, and again, it goes back to the sensitivities of people where because I'm losing, I'm entitled to do what I want. Like, that's not how it works. Like, it's just not how it works. And like I said, if someone was pressing me and I have my subs in the game and they continue to press, even though we're just trying to run the clock out, I put my starters back in. And that would bug them even more. I mean, I'd probably get beat up on the sideline, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I really wouldn't fight back. I value my job too much. But I just think it's like the, the, the back and forth of, well, you shouldn't have done this. Well, I did this because you pressed. So what are we talking about here? I mean, are, are we having these arguments like we're children or are we grown men? And, and I just think it gets back to a point where I say, like, what are we molding here with a lot of these narratives? We're molding some softies. We're, we're molding kids to say, oh, well, look, if you're up 20, you know, the game's over. You should just let them have the ball. And No, forget that. If you have, if you have your – no offense to those kids because they work hard and they, they deserve to be on the team, but if you have mm-hmm. your – your reserves in the game and they can't get the ball up court. It's up to you as a coach to help them the best way possible. And what Greg Gard did was call timeout. And I don't even blame Jawan Howard for pressing, but if you're going to press, the other coach has to do what they can do to at least close this thing out. So I don't know why we're so sensitive to those things. It's a game. And once the game's over, the game's over, be a man, just, just own it. And, and I think the best coaches in the country are, are not the ones that look back and think of themselves as a victim or try to justify what they do. They just say, now what? Because now what means, all right, what do we need to do next? How, do, how are we going to be better? Instead, we get so consumed by these narratives that, I, that I'm a victim and I'm, that my actions are justifiable. Come on, man. It's a game. It's a competition. And if you want to keep the game going by pressing, I'll, I'll probably put my starters back in. That's way worse than what Craig Gard did. John Crispin, as we wrap it up, you know, John, it's it's amazing. It's about sportsmanship. And for those who have yeah. kids or nieces or nephews, been to youth sports, a lot of times it's the parents who are the worst, right? The parents yep. are crazy. They're the lunatics yep. on the sidelines screaming the most upset. They're the toughest ones to control after the game. And it's got to be a coach. And you've been on these handshake lines before where there are some tough dudes on the other team and they might be upset about something. The game comes down dramatically to an end. What is often said on those handshake lines if it isn't perfect? If nothing's said, well, you don't say a word, you just high-five or just do light handshakes. And when have you seen it at its worst where you were breaking the huddle to go over and handshake and you were like, this could get interesting. Those guys are inflamed and they're upset. You know what, I, I always say the best players don't have problems with it because the best players have been on both sides in competition, right? The best Great players point. understand how to win and the best players understand what it's like to lose because ultimately losing some of those games makes you the great competitor you are. So, so it was rarely ever the best players that want to go fist to cuffs at the end of the game. Usually it's the goon. Usually it's the guy that, that really didn't have an impact on the game. Because uh, I did. I played against some guys who were great competitors. And you know what? They, they may have given me bruises all over my knees and, and a few elbows in the ribs. But at the end of it, we shook hands. You look them in the eye. You respect one another. Because, again, like, we're, we're men. Like, that's what we – we project that. We talk about how tough we are. We talk about how, how grown up we are. Treat me like a man. Well, then treat yourself like a man. And I think that's the thing. Like, I look back at it. We fought harder we had tougher rules in the sense that there wasn't freedom of movement. It was hip checking, arm checking, elbow checking. The game was way more physical. We used to say big 10 make men. 
And the reality of it is we project how tough we are, yet we act like babies. And I just think it's something that I feel like I've become the, the get-off-my-lawn guy at 41 years old, when in reality I'm just saying we're developing a softer society. My brother and I have a book concept, and it's called Your Kid Stinks and It's Your Fault. And I, and I don't think it could be more accurate than today, where you have people who create an identity based on what they can achieve in sports, yet have no idea how to actually go get it, nor are they willing to do the things necessary to achieve what they expect to achieve. It becomes entitlement because I'm here. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Kids are at this level and they feel entitled to win. They feel entitled to be in the NBA. And the reality is it ain't that easy. Life's a little harder than that, and they're learning that. Fantastic conversation. Good catching up with you again, John. Really appreciate your insight. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Look forward to having you on again, John. John Crispin, ESPN, Westwood One, uh, Sirius XM. Outstanding opinions from him on this. The biggest topic in sports has been Juwan Howard. I wanted to make sure we got into that first day back here at noon. And to get into the sportsmanship conversation, which we got so many kids in this town playing club baseball, playing youth basketball, so many great high school players here that all watch SportsCenter. They all watch the news. They stream. They see what's happening in sports. And to see a bunch of adults talk about getting rid of the handshake line as the easy way out, it's just mind-blowing to me that we're at a point in time where people still want to take the easy way out, and it's part of the cancel culture of sports. We tried to do this when Kaepernick took a knee initially and wanting to get rid of the anthem and telling players they can stay in the locker room. I mean, you can stay in the locker room, but you don't have to cancel the anthem in the flyover. JT, as we continue, Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate next. We and the players have a collective common interest ensuring that contracts are honored, partly because it's, it's, it's not just for the teams, but players sign with certain teams with an expectation, too, that contracts of other players will be honored because, of course, we're a team sport. So we'll, we'll continue to look at it, and, but no, nothing immediate right now. We'll continue to look at it. It's all about James Harden signing with Brooklyn and then Bolton to go play with Philadelphia. What about the contract? JT, back with you. We're thrilled to always talk to Jeff Sherman, the VP of Risk Management, golf odds maker over at the Superbook, over at the Westgate. Jeff, let's begin with a recap of a couple events. First, the NBA All-Star game, the total, Steph Curry as the MVP. Yeah, interesting game. You know, the total started out at 321.5 and got bet to 325. We took a lot of money over 324, and it landed close at, uh, at 323, so... Uh, a lot of interest, just more on the total than the side in that game. Team LeBron was a six-point favorite. We closed six and a half, but a lot more on the total. And as far as MVP, you know, we couldn't book that in Nevada, but we booked it in our other jurisdictions. And we had Steph Curry a 12 to one, somewhat mid-range shot. And LeBron saw a lot of support at 13 to two, with the game being in Cleveland. The way they change that game and they start fresh at the end of each quarter. Over the trend since they've done that, has that affected the total? Has it been more over or under the total with that? Well, the change has happened the last couple of years with the Elam ending where they're actually mm-hmm. playing defense now, and it's it's coming right near these numbers. So, um, you know, we used to see a little bit higher totals, but that's when the whole game was just lack of defense all the way through, and now you're getting some effort on the defensive end. 
and a certain amount of points you can get to in the fourth quarter. So uh, it's helped us a lot. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. So let's reset as we look at we're past the second half of the year, but after the NBA trade deadline, if the odds change much, who do you have as the favorites and where are some of the value plays? Well, I've got Golden State the favorite now with Chris Paul's injury. Even though uh, the Suns have a decent lead in the division, uh, this could take its toll over the last 25 games on the Suns. So I basically flipped those two. Warriors 4-1, to one, Suns 9-2. to two. Brooklyn leading the way at 6-1 to one in the East. I was as high as 10-1, to one, but seen a lot of support on them, a lot of believers. They just signed uh, Goran Dragic, so some help there until Ben Simmons is ready. Uh, then you're shaped by Milwaukee at seven and a half to one, Philly at eight, Miami fourteen and upwards. But we're seeing a lot of a lot of support for Chicago recently, from fifty down to thirty, and the Lakers are still getting support. We're at forty to one. They're, they represent our our largest liability in the pool. So yeah, I was going to ask you that the Lakers and the liability to you as it goes to forty to one, and how that changed after the trade deadline. I mean, LeBron was. I think taking shots at Rob Palenka for not going out there and trying to do something. But as we talked about, it's impossible to move that Russell Westbrook contract there, and there's just not many players there that they could get at a low price that could really have a difference in them being a championship contender. That's how I see it. Yeah, the problem with, you know, they committed to LeBron for these last couple of years, so I understand mm-hmm. his take about, you know, I've got a one- or two-year window left. Do what you guys can do. They had an opportunity to move Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and a draft pick for uh, Eric Gordon and John Wall to Houston. I mean, that could have been done. And I think LeBron just wanted to see something take shape and help them out, even if it didn't work, to be proactive. And I think that's the stance that he's taking, is he's disappointed that it didn't. Because if you look back a couple games before, they lost at home to Milwaukee. And LeBron came out and said, we're not even on the same page as these guys. And so the current team they have constructed – it's an uphill battle, but the public keeps supporting them. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm sitting at 40 to 1, but, you know, we also have a will they make the playoffs? We open that prop during this All Star break, and it's currently pick them because it looks like the best they can do is 8, 9, or 10 in the play, and wow. it's tough to reach 7 in Minnesota. So they might, they might be in a one and done situation or have to win on the road to even get in the playoffs. Yeah, that one-and-done situation, real interesting to me. VP of Risk Management over at the Superbook at the Westgate, Jeff Sherman, one of the sharpest in the industry worldwide. Uh, One more thing on Brooklyn. How close are you keeping an eye on the COVID issue there and the mandate as the mayor there can change it there? That could change any day, or he's going to have a tough decision to make considering it's going to affect the entire population and the way people think of him as he's a brand-new mayor. I mean, this is not exactly what you get trained to do, but you have to look at that, right? Yeah, there's no doubt because that can pave way for uh, Kyrie to return, especially yeah. during the playoffs, and it gets closer, and he can come back. That's going to change their power rating, and I think that's why we're seeing some support just because of the direction a lot of jurisdictions are going. I think people expect that to change in New York and be favorable for the Nets. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because the mayor right now is on both sides of the fence. And if he sustains the stance that they currently have, then it's going to be a tough road for the Nets. Wrapping it up with Jeff Sherman. So the Daytona 500, let's talk about the handle for that overall and what you thought with an unknown driver that not too many people are familiar with ending up winning that race. Austin Sindrick, I'm assuming not a lot of tickets on him. Yeah, it's a, the handle was solid. You know, we always see the best handle on the auto racing for the Daytona 500 and the first race out here in Las Vegas. Those mm-hmm. by far stand out. And Austin Sindrick was 30-1. to 1. We were a small winner. There was some support on him. And the one thing you can notice in Daytona 
the odds are nowhere near reflective of the rest of the races of the year that it truly is wide open because of the restrictor plates. So uh, 30 to one, he had some tickets on him. Bubba Wallace that finished second, he was 20 to one. He would have been a better position for us, but a lot of support for Cindric, a lot of small support. Uh, Jeff, finally, your expertise in golf. How, how did it play out at Riviera, the Genesis, with a wire-to-wire winner as we head to the Honda? Yeah, we were a small winner at the book with Neiman at 50-1. to 1. He was very popular last week. I know there's a lot of people really? that uh, I'm friends with that, that had had him. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that people were going to bet until he won because he's one of those young up-and-comers, over 50-1 to 1 range that has a lot of talent. So there were a lot of people on him and now we head to uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast with the Honda Classic, and he's uh, the third choice at 20-1 to 1 behind Sungjae M and Daniel Berger. A little bit of a weaker field than last week, to say the least, but uh, heading out east now and heading towards uh, Augusta in a, less than 50 days. And with hockey in the NHL here, we saw the Avalanche lose to Boston 5-1, to 1, a bit of a surprise there, but I look at the overall league standings here there's a lot of power at top the avalanche the panthers the hurricane the lightning the leafs and then we go all the way down to the vegas golden knights the team in the town here and and maybe a value play after that because i tell you i look at the odds here of the predators and the knights considering how good those rosters are and there are so many teams ahead of them yeah i mean it's tough when you look at the makeup of the east there's so much talent at the top there it's gonna be a tough playoff structure on the west side, Colorado is the clear number one choice. And the Knights have been dealing with injuries and health all season long, and that's really what's kept them back and in second place to Calgary right now. So, you know, until the Knights get fully healthy, and if they do, it's going to be an uphill battle because Colorado Colorado was favored out here in Vegas. They're large favorites in Colorado, and right now they're just so far ahead in the power ratings over everybody. Jeff, finally, what are your baseball betters saying? You talk to a lot of the betters in the book. What do they think? Is there optimism in Major League Baseball or anybody looking forward to betting baseball and hopefully ending this lockout soon? Uh, the, the betting handle has been a little bit light so far. Yeah. But as far as what we have on the horizon, I, the, the sense that I'm getting is it might not start on time, but it's just when things get threatened like that, it might start shortly after. And, you know, we were supposed to have spring training games this Saturday, which obviously isn't going to happen. But they, I think they play too much of an extended spring training schedule anyway, like five mm-hmm. weeks. So if we just cut some of those down, hopefully they can get this started on time. But it's a tough stance when you're coming out of COVID the last two years for the public to swallow that these guys can't get out there on the field to play. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. I always appreciate your insight. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management over at the sharpest book in the world, The Westgate. Follow him at Golf Odds. A great follow if you're a gambler, sports gambler. you got to follow Jeff. He's fantastic. In baseball, I was just out at Arizona State. My son's a freshman there. My wife and I went out on Friday to go there, and that's a big uh, spring training town. There's a lot of spring training in Tempe. And we talked to a couple of people around town at dinner and one of the bars my wife and I were at for a little bit, and it's huge business. And you might not think it's a big deal, but it is. People rely on the business of spring training. Major League Baseball is tone deaf. Vegas is a massive baseball town. We have so many major leaguers who live here in the offseason. They train here. And we want to see Major League Baseball get off to a good start. It's going to get off to a terrible start if they don't meet for more hours coming up here. I am just shocked by how tone deaf Major League Baseball is. Uh, Coming up next hour, there's a couple of columns that were out today on NFL sites about potential trades. 
the franchise tag. And we're going to get into that next hour on the show. Look, I'm not a guy that uh, runs with a lot of rumors, but when there are storylines that affect Las Vegas or the NFL, we'll talk about that next hour as we continue. This is Raider Nation Radio.